Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. Um, it's, I, it, uh, er, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Editing. Editing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying something out and I am. In... You look wicked nervous. Like from here, are you nervous about whatever this is? I, yeah. I mean, I'm not nervous about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where I am. So there's like, there, there's a piece of this that is okay. just a little, a little nerve wracking for me. So, well. Can we start with... What am I doing? I assure you... Yes. <laughs> ...that I and the rest of our listenership... Yep. ...will not hold you to it as anything that you say. <laughs> oh, good. So when you're in transition, just have the permission to be in transition. To be in transition. So I'm in transition. Okay. Um, gender? No, not gender. Sorry, that's um, a bad joke. That's okay. Uh, religious transition um, oh. or spiritual transition... So uh-huh. I, I think you had talked about your church, yes, in another check-in. Yeah, um, okay. I I have generally lately been going in, and you know I play the handbells, and and that has been really really happy for me. And then right, then I leave, you know, and and that's basically it. Um, and it started a little bit last year, and I I and we we've talked about the the religious trauma, yeah. And as part of trying to work on that, I've been trying to um, spend more time and kind of explore a little bit. Okay. Uh, going back to a religious situation or a religious context, I guess, and and really seeing where I am hurting, where I can get better and where I can feel and where I can set my own boundaries that are mine versus being inundated where I was as a child, you know, as a young man. And it kind of started with being asked to do a reading, you know, at church during like the Christmas situation last year. And that kind of started things going. And now I am, I'm a lot more involved yeah. And I'm finding so my hesitation and 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 my like nervousness comes from um that I I may have gotten excited about stuff and moved too quickly for myself. So I now go to church basically every every Sunday and and that sometimes it feels really good and sometimes it feels like I'm doing it cuz I have to and it doesn't feel good at all. D- Oh, okay. So you were kind of like in that transition place. Yeah. But maybe overcommitted in the transition. I do believe so. I think okay. that that's what's going on for me right now. 
um there are parts of it that i i really do enjoy uh and then there are yeah you kind of do that i do i do oh absolutely that's just kind of that in and of itself is something to look at you know what i mean yeah that's that is kind of what you do you like go in 120 percent instead of just you know let's start with 40 like yeah and yeah instead dipping your toe in you just kind of like especially with stuff that's old for you yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, and and I think so. So really, the, the, the so really, this check in is a lot less about church and more about that because that's that's my awareness level right now. Yeah. You know, when I started, I I was very aware of I'm just trying this out. I'm just putting this in. I'm just you know dipping my toe in, and then slowly but surely, I was asked if I would participate in more and more things, and. I was like, okay, well, it's felt good so far. So yeah, I'll do that. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of feels good too. So like, yeah, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden I look, I turn around. And I'm like, holy shit, this is so much more than I was really looking for at the moment. You know, and yeah. I think I've really overcommitted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I woke up one morning. I'm like, shit, I'm back to where I was when I was a teenager in high school, where I basically, there was not a job other than the priest in the church that, that I didn't do. And it ruled my life and not just like the day-to-day activity ruled my life, but like the feeling the need to become that person that was holy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which felt icky to me. Yeah. So I just recently, I realized that I'm starting to feel that icky feeling right now with so looking at some things so looking the... looking at what i'm doing within the yeah. church you know okay. and and feeling that 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 little bit of that icky feeling so i i need to find a way to the church that i go to is a methodist church which is something i really do like about the community um as such everything has a <laughs> there's a committee for everything yeah and and that's how that's how they that's part of the way that they worship, you know, that's, that's all part of their spirituality and, and yeah. the way that they, they view the world. So I, I started working on the, the worship committee and that is basically uh, planning out each worship service and, you know, figuring out who's going to be speaking and, and whatnot. Um, and that's been pretty good. Any hesitation on that one i do believe comes from the fact that there is so much other stuff that i'm doing as well yeah and like i said i've been going to church for most weeks anyway and i'm also taking part in the service right and i think that that is really what has flipped the switch for me to start to feel icky when i was younger i always had to participate in the service you know and and that was a set of expectations that came along that just kind of reinforced the be a good boy type scenario, you know, for me. And I, I think that what I'm doing now feels very much like that. And I'm, I'm still, I'm processing it. Is it something that I just need to back off because I want church to be something that I enjoy do. Yeah. You know, I, I want, you know, I mean, I enjoy going to play handbells. Um, I even enjoy um, doing choir, right. but I don't want to be there every Sunday as the choir. Right. You know, and I don't want to be there every Sunday to do handbells. And, you know, we do this, um, they call it joys and concerns, but it's it's like intercessory prayers where people, you know, put on a, on a list things that they're excited about in their lives so that the congregation can, you know, 
can be happy along with them and celebrate along with them, and then also asking for prayers so that the congregation can, you know, pray for, you know, somebody has cancer or somebody's sick or, you yeah. know, going on a trip or whatever. And um, I, I did that one Sunday, and people were just like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Like you, you know, it, it was, it was a good job, you know, but it was more than just good job. And, and I was like, yeah, thanks. I was just got up and read and did the thing. But apparently I prayed very differently than most people do it. And I, even though I've been going to the church for so long, I guess I didn't realize that somewhere along the line. And it, huh. it became almost like a phenomena in the congregation. It seems to be very comfortable for me to do, but it also has started to feel very false and very icky. Yeah. It's not necessarily me. I feel like I'm getting up and performing. That's what it is. I hadn't even thought about that, but it feels like I'm getting yeah. up and performing. And that was a lot of what church was for me as a child was getting up and performing and I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Do you do you mind if I Yeah, please. So, um I would suggest that it's all been performance. Mhm. So, originally it was performing the bells. Yep. Or then it's performing, singing in the choir. Yep. Then it is, will you join committees? Yeah. So that's another performance. Everything that you said that made you more committed, you said they asked me to. Right. So I wonder if that's like its own issue of your inability to say no. Yeah. And I wonder if it also was a way for you to bypass the actual practice of what you were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got involved in all this shit, and now all of a sudden you have to be involved in a lot of the service. Right, right. And then I realized... As opposed to doing the work you were trying to do. Exactly, as opposed to doing the work I was trying to do. Which is to sit in that church throughout the service quietly and participating as somebody... That's there for themselves. Yes. Instead of there for everyone else. Yep. So somehow you took yourself out of it. Yep. So it makes sense that you feel ingenuine. Yeah. Right? Disingenuous. Disingenuous. Yeah. It makes sense that you feel that way because you are. Right. It's not that's it's not me. It's 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 you're a not there for you. Right. Exactly. It's right. just a performance at that point. You're now there for the committee because you know these things. You're there for the reading because you say it the special way you know right. what i mean there's all these things that i think the listeners and i are hearing that's like okay well let's check off the ego box check off yeah the ego box. you know what i mean and it's all all about performing doing for someone else what they expect now and you're no longer there for you right at all exactly i did and you performing bells which was fun for you. Yeah. Switched into the performance for everything else. For everything else, yeah. And there was no genuineness there to begin with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like no, it does. You genuinely enjoyed bells, yeah. right? But as far as the religious service, there that was really, everything was kind of hijacked. Yep. After I enjoy bells. Yeah. Because someone that is actually trying to do the work that you're talking about doesn't just hijack whatever the closest thing is, right? right? They actually explore. They go to different churches. They go to different religious groups. Like they, you know what I mean? There, there's more exploration than okay. I'm here. This community feels good. 
but I'm not here for that purpose. I'm here to play bells. So now I need to join the community. But instead of feeling that out and giving yourself that space, you just transitioned that. Yep. Perform, perform, perform. Yep. Until you were so involved in the things above the service. The whole point of being there was really no longer the point anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that, that that's how that played out for you. The it wasn't way. about faith. It, it wasn't was about, about faith. being needed. It wasn't about faith and it wasn't about me. Yeah. It wasn't about my experiences. It was about what they needed. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Have you ever tried to go to a church where there's like, they just sing the whole thing and they never actually have like a holy, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Have you been to those? I have been to those, Like, yes. have you been to synagogues? And like, I'm, I'm just wondering, right. like, have you really asked yourself to explore faith or have you just kind of wanted to be a faithful person and kept trying what was comfortable to do that. Right. But as far as community faith, no, I, I haven't done a lot of that. And and the ones that I have done, I have not always felt comfortable with. Yeah. You know, so obviously I, I look for another one. And I think that in my head, what I was drawn to was I was very comfortable with these people. Yeah. You know, partially because I had been there from, you know, on and off from the time that I was younger. Right. And then partially just because they really are a very welcoming community. Absolutely. And vibrant. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that. But I didn't right. want to be a part of it because I, I was performing it all right. the time, you know. So I want to regain all of my control. Yeah. And kind of start again and, and, and kind of feel my way out through that. Um, well, and I mean, you've said a couple of things. You said it's a supportive community. Mm -hmm. So... Part of dipping your toe in is pulling it back out. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It's not something that I think about because it's that well, all no. or nothing. It's yeah. that black yeah. and white you thing. You are yeah. now their like... them. I mean, you are, you are now <laughs> right. the you, – you should be up there on the Christ right next to him, on right? the cross right next Absolutely. to him. Absolutely, like, yeah. I mean, and that's that's – yeah. But, I mean, instead of I'm anxious – I'm curious. Instead of I'm anxious about pulling out of these things now mm – Mm-hmm. Could it be I'm in a supportive environment and I'm going to be supported with pulling out of these things? Yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like, is there a way to look at it as like I'm doing the right thing for me? Not because I have to, but because I want to. Yeah. And then having that supported. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, 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 and yes, putting it in that context with, with, with that perception um, or perspective is, is absolutely doable. And I, I thank you for that because hearing it put that way, I know that that's the way it is. I know that if I, if I tell them, listen, I need to step back for me, that's it's, this is me. They're going to be okay with that. Right. So changing that perspective, looking at that and going, it's a supportive environment. I know this. Right. Therefore, I and can be the me that I want to be. And and recognizing that, like, to really try to identify the purpose for you being there. Yeah. Why am I here? Is it to explore my faith? How much of your motivation to be in a religious community is also driven by wanting to have power in a spiritual sense so i mean there there it's not just well let's just assume that we're here for faith why are we you know what what really brings you back what really draws you back 
Right. Like it had been bells. Yep. But is that it? Because if it's bells, then the whole religious thing doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Just do bells. If it's faith, then that's like exploring faith. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And if it's power, in addition to that, then that might explain why you keep going back into that. Yeah. I don't know if it's making sense or not, but there, there, it, just because you choose to go to a church and be part of a church doesn't mean it has anything to do with faith. I conflate power with like being a leader, being somebody that um, is looked up at, being somebody that is seen as being special, like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I conflate with power. Um so I'm not saying like, you know, you're you're like this evil villain, power hungry guy, but it does feel good to you yep. to have power. So how much of it is that? Yeah. Are, or are you there to explore faith? Yeah. Or are you there because this is what you believe? Do you know what I mean? Because there's that too. Exploring faith means that you're 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 looking at multiple different faiths. You're looking at multiple different approaches to maybe even the same thing like Christianity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily that you're you're going to become Jewish or you're going to become Buddhist or you're going to become right. Muslim. You know what I mean? If if Christianity is what makes sense to you, again, there's a bunch of options. In my mind, exploring faith is to explore those things. You yep. know, like if I do want to just be in this one corner – I've got 10 options in that corner. Which one really resonates with me? Well, I'm going to expose myself to that. Yeah. If it's exploring your relationship with faith, which I think is really a lot of what it is. That's more of what it feels like. Yeah. I think, again, you have to start with the faith part, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're exploring your rela your relationship with faith, you found this place that's supportive of that, then... You have to also trust that it's supportive of that. Like, that's where that work is. It's asking for what you need and seeing if they reinforce that. Yeah. You know, that definitely makes sense. Because, I mean, ultimately, they could be like, oh, well, that's such a shame. We really, really, you know, you were very helpful, but we understand. Like, there's that. Or there's, oh, that's such a shame. We're re I don't know how we're going to do it without you. Right. And then that's a different thing. That's not supportive. I mean, the way that my, my faith works is that it really is a very open concept as far as yeah. that goes. And I want the community of yeah. faith. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm really looking for. I want to be able to, to experience a community of faith and at the same time, not deal with like what I feel like is the religious bullshit. And I know that sounds like a weird thing for like a lot of people are not going to be able to necessarily understand that. But why? Well, because I think that's incredibly relatable. A lot of people that I know when they, they cannot, they cannot separate religion and spirituality or religious and faith. Religion well, religion's faith. dying because of the exact thing you're talking e about. Exactly. You know, um, so I wouldn't worry too much about those folks. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, but like this is these are <laughs> these are things that go through my head. You know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, well, I, and I wonder how much of that is mom. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like so, so to challenge these yep. are things that go through my head that should have no power because I know cognitively that it's not my voice. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And that's that's So a there's like calling yourself out on that stuff too. Yeah. When it's mom in the head instead of instead of me. You. Right. 
and that's you know I, I mentioned that a little earlier a lot of a lot of this is is trying to figure out what is me you know yeah. what what is me and what is my childhood piece that that was drilled into me so it's you know it's it's a journey it's a lot of work it's a lot it's of work. a lot of work figuring out how you fit into all of that from where you are today yeah didn't happen i feel like you figured out that you wanted to be there but then you went back to the past and now you're <laughs> trying to to paddle your way to the present i see what you're saying yeah yep no that's that's exactly what ended up happening right that's exactly what ended up happening We've done book reviews in the past, and I just kind of wanted to to bring up a book called The Celestine Prophecy. I haven't thought about doing a, a, a book review about it, but, you know, when I was thinking about it and I, I just reread it, it was such an influential book in my life. Yeah. The first time I read it, I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. I was just, just no, a little later than that. I was just getting out of high school, so it was the end of high school. Yeah. And I was speaking to a friend of mine about it, and I was just reminiscing and then I started to realize how absolutely influential it was to my spirituality and the way I view the world yeah that I thought that it would be a good idea to just kind of go over it a little bit and I know you've read it oh yeah so yeah, yeah. absolutely at one point in time I thought it was so influential that I had I had returned a bunch of or not returned I, I had brought this used bookstore a bunch of books like I was just downsizing and I brought them like two or three totes of books yeah and I said, you know, go through them, give me credit for whatever, and you know, whatever else you can keep or throw away. I don't, I don't really care. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I had, I had credit with them for a while. And what I would do is I would go in and I would just buy copies of this book. Oh uh, yeah. And then I would give them out to people. I'm like, here, read the book. You know what I mean? Because yep. it was yep. just such a really cool yep. book. I've got a couple of books like that that I keep extra copies of. Yep. Yeah. So you can give out. So the premise of the book and is that this um this gentleman is starts his starts a a journey yeah. uh that leads him through these nine insights in the first book and there are four books in the series um i think it's four three four yeah four uh the first book has nine insights then there's a 10th insight 11th insight and 12th insight after that okay um and and the further you get to it the more like esoteric and out there it gets yeah. you know some of its yeah. future stuff some of its you know just more spiritual than it is yeah anything else um yeah i don't think on average i think most people get through the first book right yeah, right i'm not sure that i would guess the second book probably half the third book probably a tenth of that half i mean just i i think it kind of i think people lost interest as it went right on. you know what i mean yeah yeah, and for me, like I, I, I read the first one. I started to read the, the second one. I didn't read the second one, and yeah. then I, you know, the last time that I read them, I, I actually ended up, and I say read them, I listened to them. I ended up listening to all of them at that point in time, just because yeah. I was doing a lot of traveling and whatnot. But, um, so these insights, the the story doesn't matter, other than the fact that it illustrates each of these insights as the gentleman you know as this, the the main character discovers each insight each part of the prophecy yeah. um you know he he has these experiences yeah 
and yeah. along his journey he meets people that give these to him yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's it's a very laid out um the writing is not the best i will put that out there there is <laughs> there is a movie yeah and the movie is pretty close to the book like like they did a really good job making it almost a word for word translation of the book and it's much better as a movie yeah you know so that i, I will put that out there because a lot of people go i don't like to read well watch the movie you know because right, right. in this one circumstance the movie is really really good close enough yeah, yeah very much so and i think it was the first time that i read the book i ended up going on a journey and i think this is why it was so so uh, part of the reason why it was so influential for me, I, I ended up going on the journey where I would read a chapter or about one of the insights and then almost every single one of them, not all of them, but almost every single one of them, uh, I would, something would interrupt me before I could read further. Yeah. And then it would be illustrated in my life. Yeah. You know, so like I had that That book experience. was known for that. Mm, that yeah. That book was known for that. A lot of people said that they read that book. Yeah. I mean, this book was a huge thing in the mid-90s. Yep. It was a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. They even had, like, workbooks that people would get together and do, like, work groups around the Celestine yep. Prophecy. I have those. I have yeah. I have two of them. Yeah. Um, yep. And I actually, at one point in time, thought, you know, it'd be really cool. Um, I know that at one point in time, uh, we had created a group that was getting together on a semi-regular basis and it was yeah. a lot of it was based around you know the interaction style was based around yeah. what we learned from the celestine prophecies so yeah. um i'm not necessarily going to go through all of the insights but like the ones that really really hit me yeah. um so you know and, and some of this is straightforward for people who why are, not go through all of them just curious oh i don't know i mean i, I was thinking like time wise but yeah why not yeah we can go through i mean all they're of them. not long right like, they're not really no do you do you have like a i list do of all of them? i do have okay. a list of all, all of them. Right. i was prepared to do all of them all right. you all know right. <laughs> so um the first the first thing is you know noticing synchronicity the first insight the first is insight yeah. is noticing the the synchronicity and I go through on and off, like still noticing the synchronicities. Yeah. Like it's become such a background thing in my mind that I'm like, well, that is, you know, just very, very lucky that I happened to meet this person at this time. And they just kind of gave me something that I needed yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I happen to, to not have enough money and for whatever reason, got that check in the mail yeah. or that happens to me sometimes. That's, a, that was, that's always been my, one of my go-tos, um, you know, or I think a lot of times just that that moment of, you know, oh, my car broke down. Well, I know a really good mechanic and it ends up being somebody that you work with for a long time. You know? Right. Like, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I, I get those. And then but a lot of them for me are the ones that I really notice or tend to be ones where like I'm struggling with an issue yeah. in my life doesn't matter what it is and i'll meet some random stranger and we'll either have a conversation that provides me some sort of insight yeah or we'll have a conversation or not even a conversation but they'll just be like a passing comment that makes me go oh i am okay yeah. you know what i mean like that's been very very good about i that. probably just don't interact with enough people <laughs> in my life to have that happen <laughs> So that's the first one. <laughs> okay. Is is the the noting of synchronicity. And and this is a journey, so um the second one is awakening to the historical worldview. And this one I thought I had like and and this is one of those those cool ones for me because like 
I didn't actually have a mystical experience or an experience after this this chapter, yeah. you know. But it's it's looking at the the cultural long view of and understanding where we were from the time of you know primitive yeah through in a spiritual context, but also in a in a cultural context through to where we are now. Yeah, and that one, I mean, for me, I have. Uh, if you if you, people talk to me on a regular basis, one of the things that I talk about is the long view. Yeah. You know, any of these things that happen in the world and they're like, oh, this is crazy. This is stupid. This is whatever. And I'm like, OK, but you're, you're not looking at the long view. This has happened before. You know, what happened last time? What happened yeah. 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago? But I was I was actually doing a, a, a meditation work and I had a very similar uh experience to the guy that to the main character where when he did it he fell asleep i think he was on a plane and he fell asleep and then had this you know this dream about watching how everything affected each other but yeah i started in the present and then actually moved backwards during this meditation just this thought happened and i just kind of like followed it all the way back yeah um and and so like that one for me is it that's not a day-to-day occurrence necessarily but it is something that again runs in the background so that when i look at views either political or whatever that just really yeah um sometimes are very irksome <laughs> you know i can yeah. kind of look back and say this is this way because of this yeah. you know and feeling where it is when you talk a lot about the book the fourth turning which is yeah that's essentially what the book is is explaining that yeah and ironically and i didn't know this at the time but the fourth turning was actually written the year either the year prior or the year that i actually read the celestine prophecy oh yeah and when i read the celestine prophecy and got to the second insight i i like my mind because the way my mind works was like i started churning about looking for those patterns that the fourth turning yeah you know actually was able to go hey look there they are and i'm like oh my god that's so cool i think that that's my love for that book is for that moment too um the third one is noting and following the energy so the energy yeah so everything has in the book it's explained almost like an aura type thing okay um you know and you can you can view the aura of plants and and see things. But the other thing they talk about is seeing like the beauty of something, really acknowledging and allowing that beauty to affect you, whether it's the the beauty of like a specific tree or, you know, just of an area and taking that in in gratitude. And that's how they kind of it almost sounds like a mindfulness exercise. It really is when yeah. when they explain and they explain it on several different levels, yeah. um, which is really cool. But they allow that piece to be a very mindful exercise yeah. as one of the levels that they explain it to, so that it, it makes it very accessible. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that I thought was really good about that book is that it took because of the characters being uh, in the Catholic faith. A lot mm-hmm. of the characters, it's, you know, monks and priests and this guy that doesn't believe anything is the main character kind of, you know, that that kind of the poor writing Ed was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it really, what it did is it made it accessible to almost everybody. Yeah. Because it wasn't dumb, it wasn't denominational, but at the same time it was available where like, if you were just to get a book about following energies, you know, that would be for some religions that would be really offensive. Like, but they could say it in this context because 
I believe, because they wrote the story within the Catholic faith. Yeah. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that the way that the book was set up, I think that that you're right. I think that that made it available to be able to write like this. Right. Um, the other thing they talked about with energies, which again is just like, the, all of this, truthfully, all of it, we're just going to put all of it um, has affected me is, you know, kind of seeing and being aware of, of how our energy is used, you know, in one of the, the scenes they talk about, um, so the main character meets this woman and um, he's, his energy just automatically tries to overpower hers, you know, right. like, and he tries to engulf her, right. To, to yeah. yeah. To engulf and dominate her. And, you know, and she gets really turned off because of course, you know, she's attuned to these energies. She's aware, too. She's of, aware it. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's not at that point. Yeah. No, he yeah. has no idea. Um, he just thinks he's being smooth. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's that, um, the other thing is is how energy moves between people, you know, in a group and how the conversation happens. And so, like, he's sitting down and he's having a conversation. And this gets done several times throughout the book where, you know, he's talking or somebody else is talking. And then all of a sudden they're looking at him. Right. Because the energy has moved to him. Right. You know, and then he needs to say something that's that he's holding the energy. Um, and I try to be mindful of that, you know, on a regular basis, even now. And I think, again, all of it is just very interesting. And I've had days where, like, I'm just walking around and, like, all of a sudden something looks like the trees look greener. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm on drugs, <laughs> you know, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not. You're yeah. just having that enlightened, that more enlightened experience, that, that higher yeah. vibrational moment. Yeah. So that was all number three. That was that was all number three. Number three was a lot for him because number three was kind of like there were so many little facets of it, and he was he was starting to really get you know tr really starting to be presented with the way like this worldview, yeah. this new worldview, and he uses it quite a bit actually throughout the, the next couple of chapters. You know, like he escapes from a space simply by you know he comes to a crossroad as he's escaping and he looks down both ways and one way just looks like it's glowing almost to him like it's yeah. beautiful more vibrant and so he takes that way and and his pursuers go the other way right you know so so there was a lot in that one um and then they eventually meet somebody else and they're introduced with the struggle for power you know okay. and and that's that piece where, you know, like he was trying to dominate the woman's right. energy, they meet another character who is, um, who is that kind of person that's dominating everything. And we are introduced to control dramas. Okay. Which... Is this step four? This is step four. Okay. And it's, it's that domination of, it's that, that, uh, how some people are disconnected yeah from that source energy from that space and so the way that they do that is the way that they compensate for it is they'll actually like try to use one of these control dramas either a, an aloof control drama which is considered a passive control drama where you know i'm gonna make you i'm gonna be aloof about the I'm answers gonna be to the, the mysterious person. yeah and you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna give me energy by paying attention to me by continually asking questions and asking questions or the poor me which is just what it sounds like yeah. oh gosh everything in my life is so hard pity me pity me yeah and that's how you get that that um, that energy is because people will pity you and so they'll give you that energy. Yeah. And then the interrogator, who is the person that, you know, asks 
multitudes of questions over what would normally be a simple idea yeah. and then finds fault with your answers just to like make you feel horrible and that's one of the things that they talk about like if you have an interaction with a person and you feel crappy at the end of it it's because they've taken your energy you right. know they've pulled that energy from you and then the last one is the intimidator which is that last thing you said sounded really off to me the interrogator no that like is that what the book was teaching that if you take that is what it was teaching that you 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 can make somebody else feel differently yeah yeah because you're sucking their energy yeah so it's dropping that vibration but doesn't that allow me to say well they sucked my energy so right. i'm always the victim like but there's in, the poor me like but in the next one th th so so this is we're presented with this problem right yeah. and then in the next the next insight or the insight afterwards, we get the solution for it. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Oh, yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I know. That, I know. That sounded really unhealthy there for a minute. When you, when you haven't read the book for a while, because I remember doing the same thing when I read yeah. it just recently again. When you haven't read the book for a while, you're like, oh, that's, I don't quite remember yeah, quite like that. Icky, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. All right. So that was number five or four? That is number that was number four that okay. was number four the struggle right. for power so i just wanted to finish up with the intimidator which is the person who just oh, what it yeah. sounds like get yeah. very angry make themselves bigger so on and yeah. so forth make you small make you small and then the fifth one was like that reiteration of what you've only been seeing you know, yeah. like that energy that you kind of see and so on and so forth, that energy is all around us. And we can bring in that energy at any point in time in our lives. Okay. We can connect to that energy and raise that vibrational space. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the first part of, of um, being able to not be in that control drama space. Okay. So if I come at you with that intimidator, you can choose just to continually look and pull and feel that energy from around you. Right. So that you can keep in that space and you don't have to feel small. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the moment where you start to really, he starts to really understand that he can connect with this energy, you yeah. know, not just interact with it, but really connect with it. And, um, I have to look at my notes because I'm so like as they're taking your energy in this context, you would be replacing it with the the energy around you, right? Okay. Right. The, right. The, the the energy of nature, the divine energy that comes yeah. through. Okay. Um. So that's the first part is understanding that, and then the next part of that that uh the way to deal with the control dramas is the sixth insight, which is clearing of the past. And that clearing of the past, and God, I remember doing this too, was understanding your own control dramas. Yeah. Because everyone has them. Um, where they come from, like how how they interplayed that with historical your historical view. Yeah, with with your parents yeah. specifically. So like my father was an intimidator when he was looking for that energy. My mother was a poor me. Yeah. I adapted that poor me when I was with my father specifically. Yeah. Um and yet I can be that well, we've we've talked intimidator. about intimidator. Yeah, absolutely. With your sister. Yes. And how you were like even in your 
role play as children. Yeah. You were always the wounded animal. The wounded animal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was my control drama for years. But then I could also flip right over yeah. to that intimidator piece. You know, when I felt threatened enough, I would. Oh, I would yeah. I mean, it. you were well schooled in both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very rarely was I aloof once in a while, like if I was feeling uncomfortable. Very rarely was I uh, an interrogator necessarily, yeah. unless, you know, again, sporadically, but mostly it was those yeah. two control yeah. dramas for myself. Hmm. So the the sixth insight goes on to talk about, you know, like, how do you heal those within your life? You know, how do you look at your own control dramas, identify where they came from, how you learned them, yeah. you know, and then... Uh, also the pairing between the two and aloof and interrogator pair very well and the the poor me and the intimidator pair very well that makes perfect sense yeah Yeah. Um, and then also it goes on to speak about uh, and, and it's funny because the way that they put it, they're like, if you name it, it no longer has power. I'm like, I do not want to name that you're being an intimidator. If you're intimidating me, right. that felt a little shady. That felt like I was just opening myself up for more if abuse. If you name it. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, so, but but that's... I would have read that as being like an internal right, name it. Right, right. Never as an... I, I wouldn't even thought of that as an external name it. Right. Well, and... <laughs> running around... And that's what it, you're I, an intimidator, <laughs> right? And you're I an think, interrogator. <laughs> and I you're think, being a loaf. I think that's what it was. Yeah, specifically, it was supposed to be internal, but because of the way that they did it and they showed it, it yeah. was it was kind of external when he did it. And I think it was just because that's the way that they were. Yeah, they were expressing it, but that was hilarious to me because like that's the way I thought the first time I read it because I was still very that much hilarious. in that space. Yeah. yeah. Um. But naming it, identifying it, and then, you know, feeding that person the energy without it depleting you was was a, a part of that. And I have used that. You know, I've had people in my life that specifically that are poor me's that I just get so drained off of afterwards. And, you know, it's just they give a little bit of an exercise about how to feed a person energy. And... um uh, you know, I've done that and then not had that feeling of drain afterwards yeah. and still been able to deal with them. So clearing of the past was, so I, I went into one of the other insights, but um, number seven was, is engaging in the flow. And that's, um, that's when he starts to really learn about using his own interaction, using his intuition through the, the, the identification of the energy and so on and so forth and okay. learning to raise his own vibration more. Okay. So in, you know, in number five, he learns that the energy is all there, but he hasn't really learned how to like harness use it and it. bring it yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so number seven was really like learning how to use it and, and bring that into himself. And number eight was when we learned about naming it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So number eight was relating to others. And that's when we learn about the, you know, about the feeding other people energy. Um, there's a child involved in the story. And I always thought this was so very cool that, you know, she was very astute and very, uh, actually in a lot of ways, very aware, like, like your children, you know, tend to be in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. or more so. And uh, it's revealed at that point in time that, you know, if a, if a child has access to that love, yeah, you know, and to that energy, unadulterated access through an adult, then they don't generally grow up with at least as severe control dramas, you okay. know, because yeah. they don't have to act out as much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And I know for me, when I was working with children, that was 
that was a really good way to kind of work with them and and get them through a lot of their behavioral issues that they yeah. were having was simply by being that adult that you know was able to provide that that attention that they really craved most of the time yeah you know um so we learn about that we learn about addiction to energy which is that piece where um like he starts to learn that you know and i i talk about this in relationships where you know boy meets girl boy's really into girls so he's feeding her energy because the yeah. energy goes where the attention goes you know and then you know she's all excited so then she like feeds him the energy so he gets up there and eventually what happens is they get so dependent upon each other's energies yeah. that they cut themselves off from the source energy around them and then they have to fight for it you know the energy that's within that relationship is just the energy that's within their relationship nothing's coming in from the outside yeah so they tend to fight for it yeah and we see it all the time. I mean, people who have addictions to each other, you know, that's just... Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing to me, and it has always been interesting, you know, to me. So that was that was a piece. Um, so that's eight? That's eight. Okay. And then... And and then the ninth one, and the ninth one is just this this wonderful vision of hope, which I've always thought of. You yeah. Know? The ninth one paints a picture of people walking around um our our world the way it is and it they they no longer have to it's not that they no longer have to work but they no longer have to toil per se yeah you know because most of like the food preparation and or not food preparation but food growing and all these things a lot of these things are now automated um and so it's like a, this is what the future looks like. This is what the future looks like. Yeah, things are very automated and we are left to consciously evolve yeah. our spirituality as we see fit, you know, and and follow our intuitions to find people and to share messages and because everybody has a message for us, you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. we come into contact with. Um and I always just thought it was very beautiful. So, you know, knowing full well that this is not something probably that's going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like this A is, world of where people's main goal is to connect. Is to connect, yeah, yeah, and to evolve on a very conscious level. Yeah. So, so much of this is yeah. just so ingrained in the basics of my, my day-to-day -day life. And it's a fun story. It is a fun story. It's a fun it story. It is a fun story. Um, I'm not going to do reviews for like the other ones, but yeah. if I was going to, if I was going to suggest any of the other ones, I would say probably the 10th because it has some interesting, uh, applications and it is one insight for the whole book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's much more about group dynamics. It really, really is. Yeah. Really yeah. is. And, um, and then the 12th really ties in that stuff with the 10th but truthfully i would say just look at the 12th insight don't necessarily read the book the book is good but yeah, you yeah. know you know once you've read the first book you kind of have an idea of where you're going and you can just yeah. look at those insights and kind of feel them out figure it out yeah, yeah. okay but well nice yeah that, that was a good backstory i that it's been forever since I've thought of that. Book, I know, so. right? I like. I I think you and I read it probably about the same time. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. around ninety eight. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, and it had been out for like I think almost ten years by that time. It was written in like seventy nine, seventy seven or seventy nine. Was I think. it? Yeah. yeah.
hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U-2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.